Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to a penny for your thoughts. Here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad you're with us. There we go. On a uh, Monday morning, we're on uh, July the 16th. And you can join us a variety of ways today. We have open line time today, uh, quite a bit of it, in fact, uh, during the course of the two hours here. Of course, a lot to talk about. Everybody's uh, been keeping an eye on the uh, Trump and Putin summit over in Helsinki, Finland. Apparently, they've been meeting for an hour or maybe two hours now on a bilateral meeting. So we'll see what uh, comes out of that, what to expect from that. That has dominated most of the coverage on television here this morning and on uh, the radio, of course, at CBS Radio. So we'll uh, talk about that uh, if you would like to. Had a great weekend. I hope you did, too. Weather a little toasty at times. Went down, and uh, my daughter just got back from Argentina on an overseas study. She's been down in Nashville for a little bit. Went down and picked her up. Got her back, so we've been able to do that. Uh, here this weekend and then of course uh, watched uh, the amazing tennis over the weekend with Kevin Anderson the former Illini with that unbelievable match that went on and on and on and on and on on Friday which he eventually pulled out and won over John Isner two uh, former guys that were in college I think Isner went to Georgia of course Anderson at Illinois they met before they've been rivals over the years both in college and at the professional level and then on uh, yesterday, Sunday morning, uh, breakfast at Wimbledon, Kevin Anderson fell short uh, in his bid to win a major title. But that's the second time now in the last uh, couple of big majors, U.S. Open and now Wimbledon, U.S. Open last year, that he's uh, been the runner-up. So congratulations to Kevin Anderson. We we'll, may hear from him a little bit later on, some of his comments after the match uh, yesterday against Djokovic, where he... Lost in three sets, had a chance to win that third set, fell a little bit short, but still a tremendous run and a pretty hefty payday for the runner-up at Wimbledon. So that was pretty exciting. Of course, uh, one other sports note from the weekend, you Cardinal fans out there, uh, Mike Matheny, no longer the manager, was let go. It was that late uh, Saturday night after another disappointing loss. They looked pretty listless in the uh, two games with Cincinnati. And I've got some thoughts just on how that works in a clubhouse. Having been around baseball, both minor league and major league baseball, uh, you could sense maybe they were going to make some sort of change. Something wasn't working, regardless of what it was. And the Thenies had a pretty good record there in St. Louis. But the clubhouses are interesting places, uh, interesting dynamic in clubhouse and locker rooms. And sometimes it doesn't work. Or maybe the message has gotten stale or they're not listening anymore and some of the stories you heard from the various, um, what, Dexter Fowler wasn't talking to Mike Matheny or vice versa. How much of that was true and how much of it was accurate, I don't know. But anytime there's stories like that, you begin to wonder what's going on. So the Cardinals make a big change heading into the All-Star break, All-Star game this year in Washington, D.C. The home run derby is tonight. World Cup soccer wrapped up uh, over the weekend. France with a big win. 
So those are some of the uh, sports stories. And then, of course, there's a couple of articles today in the uh, News Gazette and uh, recently having to do with the pay that university presidents get. And uh, we'll take a look at that list if we get a chance during the course of the uh, morning today as well. So, But basically, we'll open it up to you, 356-9397. We can touch on any or all of those. If there's a topic you want to bring to the table, something you want to ask about, something you want to express, something you thought should be uh, brought up, you can certainly do that here at uh, 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515 357 and you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. We'll get it all started after our opening timeout on a Monday on Penny for Your Thoughts. We're back on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400, DWS 9-12 here on this Monday morning. What's on your mind today? 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 3515357 and email us talk at wdws.com. What do you make of the Putin and Trump summit ongoing over in Helsinki, Finland? Of course, you just had the uh, big news on Friday about all the indictments of the Russians and the hacking and the meddling in the 2016 election. I forget what the number was. There was a bunch of them. I don't uh, I guess it's 12 Russian intelligence agents. So will the president uh, be asking Putin about that? I doubt if he's uh, going to turn them over <laughs> or send them back to the U.S. But that story broke uh, on Friday during the course of the day. And, of course, uh, then a lot of people were saying, well, the president shouldn't even meet with Putin after all of that. But um, I don't know what they're going to accomplish in the summit. There were some things that uh, people have written about, what to expect from this summit between Putin and Trump. Of course, you go back to the days when Reagan was meeting with Gorbachev and Ford was meeting with Brezhnev and all the different meetings that went on usually had to do with nuclear weapons, right? We need to uh, get rid of them. We need to lower the number. You lower your number. You had the whole Star Wars uh, debate back uh, with the, the defense, the what strategic defense initiative back then in the 80s. Uh, there was uh, the Cold War was on. I mean, it was, you know, Russia. It was the Soviet Union. It was the U.S., and everybody else kind of watched to see what happened. This summit has a different feel to it. It's uh, Russia trying to um, be or act like a superpower, and they certainly have meddled in all sort of sorts of things over the years, not just in our elections in 2016 with the hacking, but also uh, in the Middle East, uh, in Ukraine, and various places. So uh, all of those topics, I'm sure, were on the agenda, meddling the Ukraine uh, story, Syria, What's been going on there the last few years, uh, arms control and personal chemistry. One person writing saying, hey, all Putin needed to do is to help. It helps him politically at home to have a summit. Makes uh, Russia feel like, hey, they're a superpower again. They have a say in the in the world stage. And all he needed really was the summit. But uh, anyway, I don't know what you think of all that or what you make of all of that. President Donald Trump says at the start of his summit with the uh, Russian president that he thinks the world wants to see us get along. He says their discussions will involve trade, the military, missiles, nuclear weapons in China, including their mutual friend, the China leader, Ying Jinping. He did not mention Russia's meddling in the U.S. election in that opening statement anyway. So that's uh, kind of the big international story. Also, I saw a uh, New York Times article over the weekend having to do with 
who the Democrats are thinking about or who's uh, getting their resources together for a possible run in 2020. Uh, yeah, I hate to bring that up, but uh, we've got the midterm elections here in 2018, and then all you're going to hear from the national folks is going to be who's running in 2020. Uh, and the race will start, they keep starting earlier and earlier. But uh, some of the name mentioned, of course, uh, Elizabeth Warren. She's been making a lot of noise about running. Apparently, uh, Joe Biden has been working the um, circuit out there, trying to drum up some support for a potential run. A lot of this has to do with uh, finances. 76-year-old Bernie Sanders, of course, ran in the uh, 2016 race, nearly unseated uh, Hillary Clinton as the uh, nominee, despite uh, what appeared to be the deck kind of stacked against him the way it was set up. Also, you've got uh, Cory Booker, and you've got uh, the Harris, Kamala Harris from out in uh, California, two younger folks they're looking at, potentially running on the Democratic side. Uh, Gil Garcetti, Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, has sought counsel from former advisors to Mrs. Clinton. And uh, they say for now, though, it's uh, Ms. Warren, Elizabeth Warren, making the most concerted strides towards potentially running in 2020. So we can touch on that as we uh, go along. 356-9397 is how you can join us. Busey, whether you've just purchased a new home or you've been a homeowner for years, the experts at Busey Home Mortgage share six essential items for your Home's to-do list. You can create a budget. Home ownership can lead to large unexpected e- expenses. Track your spending so you can prepare and plan for your home. UC's online budgeting tool, Money Management through eBank, can help you find ways to trim expenses along the way. Protect your property. Insurance is the only way to guarantee your belongings will be protected. These are all your home's uh, to-do list, whether you've just purchased one or been a homeowner for years. Prioritize your safety. And make sure all your locks and windows work properly. Take your tax deductions, make it your own. Personalize your space. Be smart about where you invest your home improvement funds to get the best home improvement bang for your buck. And check out the Experts Inside article, Best Home Improvement Bang for Your Buck on Busey.com. And they always, of course, say to save for a rainy day. Make plans. It's always good to create a rainy day fund. It's always easier said than done, that's for sure. But uh, visit BuseyMortgage.com for loan programs, rates and fees, and finances, uh, financial calculators to help you determine how much you can afford as you budget. So they can guide you every step of the way at Busey Home Mortgage. Stop by one of their many convenient locations, 1-800-67-BUSEY, or visit BuseyMortgage.com to get started today. One of our sponsors on Penny for Your Thoughts. 918 here at DWS as we open up the phone lines today. So what's on your mind? If you like the open line time, this is your chance. Let's go to uh, Ken. Hey, Ken, good morning. Oh, I know one thing. Yes. That if Barack Obama had done what Donald Trump has done, he would have been impeached a long time ago. Good grief, Bill Clinton was impeached. Impeached for a, a lot less significant stuff. This man is sabotaging America. How long will it take before Republicans wake up? Well, if if you would want him impeached, you're going to have to get more Democrats in there because that's not going to happen. I mean, that's... It is unfortunate that the Republicans are putting 
party over country. It, it is astounding to see their cowardice. So do you think uh, there's uh, all the people that are never Trumpers, they're, they're not doing enough, or there's just not enough of them? I think it's the cowards in Congress. Mm-hmm. If Bill, if Bill Clinton or Barack Obama had done any of these things, he would have been impeached a long time ago, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So give me a couple of examples. Colluding with the Russians. Firing James Comey. The Emolument, Emoluments Act. Mm-hmm. Good grief, the list is endless. This man is corrupt through and through. So get him out of there. Right. Get him out of there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks, Ken. Yeah. Appreciate it. There we go. Not a Donald Trump fan. Three five six nine three nine seven. Texas Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven. By the way, I was looking up the member states of NATO. Remember, we were talking about that last week. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Did you know there are twenty nine member countries in NATO? And when you think NATO, you think maybe Great Britain, you think Italy, you think France, and those are all, you know, those are all in there. But um, (laughs) did you know that Bulgaria is in there? Estonia, Hungary, Czech Republic, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Albania, Croatia, and Montenegro are all members of uh, NATO. Turkey's in there. We knew that. But a lot of those countries were uh, Warsaw Pact countries years ago and getting to the whole point of whether NATO is even still relevant. But uh, that, that was the big discussion last week and uh, getting NATO, the NATO countries, North Atlantic Treaty Organization countries, to pay for their own defense But I had even lost count that there were that many countries in NATO, up to 29. And most of them aren't paying the uh, 2% of their defense that they're supposed to be paying. I looked at the chart. Uh, Most of them are below 1% or at 1%, which was some of the beef that uh, the president had with them when he was stirring things up across the pond last week. Let's go to uh, John in Champaign. Hi, John. Good morning. Hey, how are you this morning? I'm doing okay. Well, by golly, I can't help but respond to the guy that just called in. Okay. Well, go ahead. Well, first of all, I think if the the press had reported the news the way they're supposed to report the news, he would probably be a Trump supporter and not anti-Trump. Second of all, if the press would report the news the way they were supposed to, we probably would have impeached Barack Obama. Um, And I'll be honest with you. I never cared about politics until I, until I started paying attention to what was going on. And if every single press organization out there and half the Republicans and half the Democrats all wanted this guy out of office, obviously he's doing something to stir up their money pot. So you got a president that has literally been received fairly well across the, uh, the globe, uh, working on world peace with Korea. He's trying to figure out what's going on with Russia. He didn't collude with anybody. And if two years and $20 million later, you'd think they'd have, somebody would have figured that out. And uh, 
you know, I just think that uh, people need to sit back and look at what's really going on in this country, knock off the hatred, pay attention to reality, and uh, you know what? Support America. And part of that is to support your president. If you don't like him, tough. Because guess what? You, your your attitude is going to get him elected again. So. Well, and you, do you think there's a lot of people in the what they call flyover country or around the country that kind of quietly go, you know, hey, I don't like his style, but he gets stuff done? Oh, I think the reality of it is, is anybody that would take the time to pull up the electoral map of the state of Illinois would realize that Champaign, Carbondale, and, and Chicago are blue, and the rest of the state is red. If you pulled up California, Los Angeles and San Francisco are, are blue, and almost the rest of the state is red. If you pull up New York, you get the exact same thing. And it, people talk about the popular vote, but the fact of the matter is if you took New York City and uh, Los Angeles County out of the election, Trump won by a landslide. So, you know, I mean, the reality of it is, you know, they're, they're just literally not reporting the truth. Yeah, it's interesting. If you, find, if you can find something to hate about that man, by God, that's going to be the byline, you know. Well, it's interesting you mentioned you really didn't pay attention to politics. Is it just in the last couple of years that you kind of followed it closer? Actually, it was when we elected Barack Obama. I started really paying attention. I mean, it was a land, a, a, a literally a, a historical, we've got the first black president. I was at a party a couple of weekends ago, and I was the only white person there. And I got into some very, very uh, interesting conversations about politics and et cetera. And I actually had a woman tell me that she was surprised that a black man had been elected prior to a woman, hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, and she was shocked that the woman didn't get elected. But I mean, look who we were dealing with. You know, let's get back to the press. He wants to talk about colluding. Who paid for all the stuff you're hearing about right now? Oh, that's right. Hillary Clinton. You know, I mean, hmm. you know. Come on, you know, common sense. It, it, people just, they're not paying attention to what's really going on, yeah. you know. So, well, anyway. Well, thank yeah. you, John. I appreciate your comments that, today. That that was my penny for your thought. Well, very good. Glad you shared it with us. Appreciate <laughs> Have it. Have a great day. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye. 356-9397. There you go. A penny for your thoughts, right? What are you thinking about? What do, what do you make of all of this? And, um, you know, the... We could talk Trump every day. I mean, the people that don't like Trump and people that do, that's just the way it is. What I'm looking for is, you know, if, if there's um, a specific issue in regards to him or the summit, anything going to come out of this summit? Um, you had the, the indictments of all the Russians. I know uh, some of the folks, uh, Devin Nunez and others in the House, say, hey, the report that um, – Mueller came out with on Friday, pretty much lines up, even though ours was heavily redacted, pretty much lines up with what we were saying, that, yeah, the Russians were tinkering around with the election. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think anybody disputes it. They've been trying to meddle forever. And if their goal was to sow discord among the American people in general, the American electorate, well, I think they've succeeded <laughs> because they've just sowed all kinds of discord. I mean, listen to what you get even on a show like this. You get the back and forth. Uh, because of that. Now, the the issue has been, you know, that people talk about, is there any collusion? Was there any collusion between the Trump campaign? But if you follow that out, what exactly happened? Did, there, did votes flip in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Ohio because of collusion? I mean, how do you even prove that? 
And I think that's the issue a lot of people have with the whole investigation is what's the end game on this? I mean, prove to me what happened. And so right now you've got the Russians indicted anyway, and there's no doubt. Even Trey Gowdy said, hey, the first thing the president needs to ask Vladimir Putin is uh, get those Russians on a plane and get them over here, which is not going to happen. Uh, Greg in Champaign. Hey, Greg, good morning. Hey, Brian. Uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I just wanted to point out, uh, you know, people, you know, have this self-righteous indignation about what Russia was doing and, you know, trying to meddle in our election. And what the United States has been doing this for, for years. I mean, what, what was Iraq? Uh, what was Libya? Um, you know, uh, what... <laughs> What happened in the last Israeli election when our State Department spent millions of dollars trying to influence their election? Uh, and, and that was our government. I mean, that wasn't a troll farm or, you know, uh, it wasn't a alleged uh, 12 members of the Russian military or whatever, or our military. It was our government that sanctioned it, that authorized the expenditure of the monies to try to get Netanyahu out of office. And it, it was met with the Obama's approval. So, I mean, it, it's just it's, yeah. it's kind of asinine to sit there and think that, oh, well, Russia, 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 Russia did this. Uh, yeah, okay, they do it all the time. Yeah. But everybody does. I, I heard a statistic last night that we've meddled in over 80 elections. And and they have evidence that Russia's meddled in forty, uh, a little over forty elections. So I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm there's saying. there certainly has been a lot of meddling, and if you read a lot of um, history in the Middle East, a lot of you know, we wonder, well, how come the people in this country don't care for us very much, or in Iran or whatever, because we got involved. You know, in the yeah. 50s, whether it was a, whether it was a coup or whether it was a, we overthrew the, over, the, the Iranian leader. Right. Yeah. right. Or the, uh, you know, in as you said, in Libya or in Panama or, in I mean, we've uh, we've had our fingers on a lot of different places. Well, uh, and the uh, thing is, when we've gotten involved, people died because of it. OK, uh, as far as I know so far, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone died from the Russians meddling in our election. I could be wrong, but uh, and I'm not going to say that Russia's innocent. I know that they, they've had people taken out, uh, that uh, Russian that was in England and, is, uh, you know, just, just a, a month or so ago. I mean, they, this happens. Uh, but, you know, when you join these intelligence agencies, that's a risk that you take. I mean, uh it, that's been going on for about the same amount of time as, as the election meddling, uh, the assassinations and whatnot. I just, uh, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's hilarious to me that these people run around like chickens with their heads cut off about the Russia thing, but yet we've been doing what we're accusing them of doing for years. All right. Hey, Greg, thanks for the call. All right, thank Thanks for calling today. Let's go to uh, JD. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Brian. About yourself this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. Before I get on my Monday morning rant here, I just want to compliment you on the great job you're doing, and uh, I can't wait to hear your first 
How about that? When we <laughs> score our first touchdown, I'm ready for football. Yeah, me too. I'm getting there. And uh, we'll be in Chicago next week. Yeah, it's Big Ten kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay, Big, Big Ten Media Day next week. All right, good. Uh, to, to address uh, something Stan does, and I'll tell you what, he, he's good for getting calls, and it's almost like he must be on the payroll. Because when he comes in and talks, everybody calls because he makes everybody so mad, I guess. But, you know, I didn't like Barack Obama, but not because he was black. I don't care whether he was green or purple. I didn't like his politics. I didn't like his economic measures. I didn't like the way he treated the American people. But I never hated him. And if you listen to these anti-Trumpers, and Stan is such a great example, there's hatred in their voice. And, and I just don't understand that. Look at what he has done for our economy. Uh, he's raised our stature in the world. And I just I, I can't quite understand their hatred. They have to. It's time they grow up. The election's over. Uh, we won. They lost. And let's get on with, with making America as good as we can. That, the hatred part is just it's stunning. You know, uh, mm. they, they, they are acting that way with well, full knowledge that Barack Obama did some of the things, lied to the American people. And I guess you know, I heard a guy the other day say if the Democrats didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. <laughs> so, Stan, please keep calling. It gives us our laugh for the morning. And uh, I appreciate his efforts. And, Brian, I really appreciate your efforts. You well, great job. Thank you, J.D. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. I, I always say, and I, we'll get to the news here with Michael Kaiser coming up, I always say if, if you're, I can, we can debate an issue, we can debate the politics of it, we can debate whether, you know, what you think is right or what I may think is right. or We've all got opinions. Everybody's got a belly button. Everybody's got an opinion, right? When you start calling people names, you've lo- you lose me. I'm like, I'm not interested because that tells me that when you start calling people names, you've got nothing um, intellectually to discuss about the issue at hand. You're just throwing a name out there. Oh, yeah, you're just a blankety-blank. And when you do that, you lost me. I mean, so, uh, you know, that's my point from a larger standpoint. When I people When I hear people debate, uh, on TV or on whatever, and uh, protesters, uh, you know, they lose me when they start calling people names, no matter which side you're on. 9.33, and let's go to Michael Kaiser with the news. All right, 9.38 here, Central Time at uh, DWS. Glad you're with us on a penny for your thoughts. Mike uh, Lyons is with CBS News, military analyst. Hey, Mike, how are you today? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having good. me. Good. Well, good to have you on. I know it's a busy morning for you. Uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes. The uh, bilateral meeting going on. Uh, what do you make of around this, and what can they actually accomplish at this summit? Yeah, I think well, the president set the expectation low going in now, and I think that uh, he'll look for something that he perceives that he can get out of it, which I think might be just this um, extension of, a, of the START Treaty that took place in, in 2010 that expires 2021, which basically keeps restrictions on the growth of nuclear arsenals for both the United States and Russia. I think that would be something that they could agree on in a short time period. I think the rest of it is going to be difficult, so talking about uh, Russian involvement in Syria, perhaps uh, Russian involvement with North Korea. And, and other things, and whether they talk about the election or not remains to be seen. I'm sure that will be asked at the press conference. But, uh, you know, the president purposely set the low expectations because he wasn't sure what the deliverable was going to be. Yeah, and I'm not sure Putin set expectations very high either, right? He just wanted to meet and discuss whatever. 
Yeah, and the initial reports that you saw this morning were, you know, him slouching in his seat, him being late, kind of all the classic, you know, all of these emotional and, um, you know, body language type uh, nonverbal communique that uh, I leave to the experts. I'm just, I deal in reality of what specifically they're talking about and what, right. what exactly is going to come of this. So Exactly. Well, the, and the whole uh, indictment of the Russian uh, military, whatever it was last Friday with all of that having to do with meddling in the election, it's not like he's, Putin's going to put those guys on a plane and send them over here. I mean, that's just not going to happen. No, and you know you can argue that that was um, not, not a bridge too far, but uh, you know that that could be set, you know that kind of sets the president up on some level. And what the, what happened there happens every day in business. I mean, I I think that um, and and when I listen to, to politicians say that that's an act of war, it surely is not an act of war. I mean, we we've got to be a little more serious than that. It wasn't good. It it wasn't something that uh, we want to see repeated. We've got to take defenses against. Um, it surely, if, we're, if that's an act of war that requires a kinetic response, then, then I'm afraid that we'll be firing missiles all day at each other because that happens every day on the Internet. Yeah, Mike Lyons is with CBS News. He's with us here for a few minutes. Uh, the Ukraine. Where are we on Ukraine and Crimea is, is, uh, as far as that goes? Ukraine struggles. Uh, Crimea is, is, for all practical purposes, part of Russia now. And, and as time goes on, because it, the president's right, the world didn't do anything about it back then when it happened. Um, and, and Ukraine has about 30% of its land mass it's influenced by Russia. And there is a, a certain amount of people inside Ukraine that want to be part of Russia. It's, it's, um, it's a challenging situation for them. And, and as their parliament tries to resize itself based on not having that influence, it's, it's being a challenge. But we've, but we've given the Ukraine government some defensive weapons. The Russians haven't necessarily rolled more tanks in now, but they're doing it asymmetrically. What I mean by that is they're infiltrating with, with spies, and they're, they're trying to disrupt the Ukrainian government. And Russia wants to be able to control Ukraine without occupying in a perfect world. That's, that's, that's the cheapest way to do it as well. And also about Syria, I guess that will probably come up. But, uh, you know, with ISIS and everything, their presence diminished, it seems like, at this point. Uh, what is there left in Syria to, f- to figure out over there? Right. Well, so Russia wants the United States not to overthrow the Assad government. So let's say that that's their uh, stake point there. They don't want any um, U.S. involvement because Russia wants that the submarine bases in Tartar and, and those other um, warm water ports that they don't have in Russia itself because of their landmass. The United States wants the Iranians out of Syria. The question is whether or not the Russians can get the Iranians out of the southern part of Syria. They don't, they don't want, uh, uh, whether they have that influence or not, I think remains to be seen. But the United States wants the Iranians out of Syria because that provides a military buildup that can potentially, uh, build, uh, can potentially threaten Israel in a, what's called a land bridge that would exist um, through, from Iran through Iraq inside of Syria. There was a lot of furor last week, Mike, over uh, the president's statements. He was in the U.K. He was you know, hitting NATO pretty hard with high inside fastballs, saying, hey, you need to pay up more. Uh, your thoughts on all that? NATO obviously was designed to, it was in the middle of the Cold War, to be a you know to slow down the Russians or unite against the you know the Soviet Union. But mm-hmm. we've got 29 countries in that now, and a lot of them are former Warsaw Pact members. So, what is NATO's yeah. role, and what should it be? And is the president right to kind of hit on some of that? I think he is, and like anything else, these these organizations have to evolve, or they're going to have some of the problems that they have now. It's unfortunate that this problem played out so publicly. I think that's 
what we should be concerned about. But um, the president has a lot of good points about whether or not these NATO countries are paying. I think his point about the Germans sending money to Russia for oil, and, and Trump's a core competency guy, right? He looks at oil as something a country's got to have in order to be a country, and they've outsourced a certain portion of that to Russia. Now Russia controls Germany, but NATO is designed to protect NATO countries against Russia. So he's got a very good point there. I also think that we've let too many countries inside of NATO. I think we, we can't have membership to NATO being everybody but Russia. That's the, that's the same kind of alliance treaty that got us into World War One as Russia felt threatened by that. We have to deal with Russia on more of a geopolitical global scale. Yeah, and you mentioned staying put. Sometimes, you know, you, things, events, world history moves past you, and it seems right. like a lot of times we're kind of stuck in the the post-World War II, Cold War era in some of this. Yeah, I think people wax poetic about it because the level of security that we felt, but what actually it wasn't very secure because the nuclear threat, the mutually assured destruction, the only thing that kept us from killing each other back then, but and the United States grew at this yes, unparalleled pace. But the bottom line is you add countries like Albania inside of NATO that doesn't even spend a million dollars on its own defense. And, and NATO countries, the reason why they've, they've, they've not spent as much on defense because they rely 100% on the nuclear umbrella of the United States to protect them. That's, that's basically it. They re- the German foreign minister comes out and says we can't rely on the United States. Oh, really? Let's say if the Russians decide to roll tanks inside the North German plane right now, it would be the U.S. nuclear deterrent that would stop them, that would keep them from happening, and not anything Germany has inside of their own country. Yeah. Can Russia help with North Korea, or is that more a Chinese issue? Well, actually, they could because they border North Korea. So I think they have some influence there. It gets back to trade. North Korea needs energy. R- Russia is a one-trick pony on the side of commerce. That they sell natural gas, oil. They're trying to uh, be, you know, a leader in the world market and in, in what's a commodity world and in, in, in industry and in what and what is a challenge because the United States is now getting more into it. In some in some ways, we should back out of trying to sell some of our energy to these other countries because it doesn't it doesn't doesn't make sense to have them as dependent on us versus Russia on some level but i do think that if russia can keep the sanctions on with north korea we might get what we want in north korea which is denuclearization there all right last question mike where do we go forward with us russia relations how do you see this over the next few months well i think it's always good we're talking directly i think he wants to make a relationship with vladimir putin i think that's good I think, and uh, in, in Trump, we've seen him flip a switch. If someone goes after him, he'll flip a switch right back and go after Putin. So I, I'm not afraid of what will happen there. I don't think he's going to give anything away. Let's get small things accomplished first, the easy things done, and then work on some of the hard things like this, uh, the, the, what's going on in Syria and what's going on in North Korea. Hey, Mike, thanks for the time today and your expertise. We'll talk again Great. somewhere down the road. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. That's uh, Mike Lyons, military analyst, CBS News, on the uh, summit in Helsinki, Finland. 946, we'll take a break. Back more with your phone calls, texts, and emails as we talk about the big summit today. Uh, A little bit about Kevin Anderson. We'll talk about him along the way, too, with the big run to the Wimbledon final. And uh, you Cardinal fans, are you happy with the change at the top with the manager? All of that is open. If there's something else you want to bring up, Go for it on an open line here this morning on Penny. Hi, this is Jim Bohannon. Join us for the next Bohannon Show with the top stories of the day, some fun stuff from sports or entertainment, you name it, right here tonight at 9 on DWS. We're back on Penny for your thoughts. Thanks to Mike Lyons of CBS for being with us, kind of adding a little bit of uh, depth to our conversation and some insight that uh, was as a military expert I thought was uh, important to add in with the uh, Trump-Putin discussions going on. I guess they're going to hold a joint news conference here Shortly, CBS uh, will be talking about that here in about 10 minutes at the top of the hour. 
Got a text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. It says, I've yet to hear one American say, I was going to vote for Hillary till those darn Russians fooled me. <laughs> Haven't heard any evidence the Russians provided WikiLeaks with info. They probably did hack Hillary's insecure and illegal server. The whole thing is a waste of time and resources. That is from Bill on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Again, 351-5357 for that. I know WikiLeaks... You know, say what you will about them, but, I mean, I, I'm sure they, you know, I, I was reading somewhere over the weekend, uh, the Russians, you know, they get information from Russia, they get information from everywhere. So to say there was no connection between the Russians and WikiLeaks, I, I can't say that would necessarily be true, but, um, you know, they're their own organization, and some people like WikiLeaks and other people don't, depending on, you know, who you're a fan of, I guess, in that regard. But uh, that text in from Bill. Hey, the Facer Law Office, you heard their ad a moment ago. They remind you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules. And much more Wednesday, July 18th at 1.30 at the I-Hotel. Call the Facer Law Office, 337-1111 to reserve your spot. 337-1111 is the number. And ask about that new book. Uh, well, I guess it's a fairly old book now. It's been out a while. Uh, co-authored by Elder Law Attorney Thorpe Face to protect your family. Don't write a blank check to the nursing home. Blank checks are not good things. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone lines today. 9.53, open line time here today on this Monday. Some patchy fog early this morning. It was a little more dense. It was coming in from uh, Muhammad this morning. It was pretty dense around there. But uh, his sense with the sun... Uh, burned off a high of 86 today in our forecast here in downtown Champaign, uh, the seat of our location. By the way, if you're ever coming by our News Gazette building downtown, we have speakers outside now. And uh, you can uh, hear the show if you're waiting on the bus or you're walking downtown. Uh, usually they'll have a penny for your thoughts out there on the speakers outside our News Gazette building in uh, downtown Champaign. Happy birthday to Will Farrell. He is 51. Boy, he's had some pretty funny movies, hasn't he? Will Ferrell, 51 today. This is the day in 1999. Remember when the story broke? Uh, 38-year-old John F. Kennedy Jr. and his 33-year-old wife, Carolyn Bissett, and his sister-in-law, Lauren Bissett, killed on this day in 1999 when the small plane he was piloting crashed in the waters off of Martha's Vineyard. The wreckage was located on the ocean floor days later. Bodies retrieved and cremated, the ashes buried at sea. And this was the day in 2004, Martha Stewart, sentenced to five months in prison for lying about a stock sale. And the crew of Apollo 11, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins, blasted off from Cape Kennedy on the first manned mission to the surface of the moon. Of course, they landed a few days later. 1969. I always remember that. I had a poster on the wall of the stairway going up to my bedroom. Had that date on it, so I saw that every day. Let's go to the phones to uh, Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning, man. What's up? Uh, a quote from Rosenstein, Rosenstein, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that any voting machine, any voting ballot, anything that has to do with voting was changed during the election. And that's a quote from him. 
And as far as WikiLinks, you people got to get real, man. You're talking, you're talking not even a hundred thousand dollars worth of ads. And uh, I guarantee you, the DNC, you can connect them with WikiLinks too. Everybody did it. Everybody does it. Nothing unusual whatsoever. You guys are just trying to make a deal out of it because it's Trump. And also, one more thing: uh, Obama and Putin met one on one too. Did you know that? Oh yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, they met. Yeah. They met one on one also. Mm-hmm. It's not unusual. Uh, well, you got you got this uh, butt pirate on TV saying that uh, you know it's very unusual to meet one on one, and why would they meet one on one? What are they going to say? You know, are they going to collude for the next election? It's totally ridiculous, and you guys are killing yourselves with this. Uh, with this motive uh, that Trump colluded with the Russians and changed the outcome of the election. Really, the collusion we've seen was on TV. The collusion we've seen the last three days was on TV, them people trying to get Clinton to win. That's the collusion. But nobody cares. I mean, this guy gets on TV and says, hey, we did this. Nobody cares. Now, if it was, if you had a text saying, we have to stop him, Obama or Hillary, we have to stop this. If you had a text from any any Republican saying that, you guys would, would just be blowing up like a volcano. You know, it's ridiculous. You get a guy on TV under oath that says this, nobody cares because it's Donald Trump and they want him gone. And we all know it. We all see it every day. We all hear it every day. And it's just getting old and, you know, it's going to wear itself out and it will backfire on you guys. All right. Hey, Don. When I say you guys, I don't, I don't mean you personally. No, I, I, I understand. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Thank cool. you, Don. Yep. Thanks for letting me vent, man. You, you bet. Thank you. There you go. Three five six nine three nine seven. So if you are um, looking at the twenty twenty election, I hate to do that in twenty eighteen, <laughs> but that's the reality we live in, right? Midterms coming up. If you are a of uh, Democrat, who would you want to see run? Would you want to see Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders not the running back. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> hey, I do a lot of sports. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. I don't know where Barry Sanders is politically, but uh, Joe Biden, you want to see him come back and run. What about this young uh, senator from California? What about Cory Booker? What about Elizabeth Warren? She seems, uh, I, she's definitely going to run. I mean, she's making all the rumblings and uh, making the rounds, and uh, we'll see. She's pretty good on the stump. I mean, she's a good orator. That doesn't necessarily mean you get elected president, but she is pretty good uh, when you hear her speak. I mean, she she hits on all the things that people like to hear. You know, and she's a good needler, and, uh, you know, she takes punches and she counterpunches, so it's interesting to watch her. Uh, but... Uh, you know, the the party itself is having its own uh, argument. I mean, people focus on the difference that Republicans have with each other, the never-Trumpers and all the different things that go on in the Republican Party. But the Democrats are having their own sea change, if you will, from, you know, the moderate to liberal wing to the to the far left wing. You know, and, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, I mean, he's, he's out there. He's advocating several things that have been on uh, – the list that maybe 
you couldn't bring to the table in an election or you get yourself beat, but uh, it's becoming more and more part of the regular uh, platform and discussion points. So we'll see what happens in a couple of years. We'll see what happens in November. 9.59, 10 o'clock will be the uh, tone time here, central time for CBS News. More of your phone calls, emails, and texts. Here a little bit from Kevin Anderson as well in the next hour. On WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, it is 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, welcome back, everybody, on a Monday. So glad you're along for the ride today, wherever you might be listening, in your car, at home, garden, out in the field, streaming. We go around the world, around the country, around the world, hear from uh, different people all over the place uh, to hear the show. Glad you're with us on a a penny for your thoughts today, downtown Champaign, 77 degrees here at our uh, location. Glad you're with us, 356-9397 on the phone lines. Text line is 3515357 and email us talk at WDWS.com. Visited a few minutes in the first hour with Mike Lyons of uh, CBS, got his analysis of the uh, Trump and Putin summit. They are holding a joint news conference in uh, Helsinki, Finland. That is uh, ongoing. We'll have more updates for you on uh, from CBS on that throughout the morning and the rest of the day. Uh, you can always email us, talk at WDWS.com. Certainly feel free to do that. We touched on several things. The summit, uh, Trump, Putin, candidates for 2020 on the Democratic side. Of course, over the weekend, it was a big sports weekend. The Cardinals changed their manager. Uh, Mike Matheny is out. and placed him with a bench coach who has been a uh, kind of an organization man uh, who has coached at various levels, Class A, I think, uh, a couple of a few years, uh, managed the team in Memphis, the AAA. Cardinals fired their manager, their hitting coach, and their assistant hitting coach. Their offense has been pretty inconsistent. It was funny just listening to Bernie Miklas over the weekend talk with uh, Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. Uh, they, the view was that they were probably going to make some sort of change with their uh, managerial staff, with the coaching staff. Um, but they did not mention that uh, Matheny might be gone in the next day. <laughs> so it turned out the bigger uh, speculation was that would he be around for 2019. But uh, he's not around for the rest of 2018. So we'll see what that, uh, what that does for the Cardinals. Uh, the Cubs obviously have opened up a bit of a lead over the Brewers. They got hot. Right before the All-Star break, the All-Star game is in Washington, D.C. Coming up tomorrow night, home run derby going on this evening. I I do have a little bit of experience in this area as far as being on a baseball team where a manager got fired. I was in Anaheim, California with the Los Angeles Angels doing their games on the radio. Uh, Terry Collins was our manager uh, in 1999. The team stumbled out of the gate. We never really got very far. We were out of the race by the end of June. No chance. Team kind of stumbled its way into uh, August, I think late August, maybe early September. And uh, clubhouse wasn't very good. There was some dissension in the clubhouse. Uh, it wasn't made public, but I knew about it, and other people knew about it that were uh, that were inside. 
And they eventually fired Terry Collins. We were in Cleveland. He got fired. And part of it had to do, kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back, was uh, we had Mo Vaughn on our team. If you remember Mo Vaughn, played for the Red Sox for a lot of years, played in Anaheim, signed to a big contract, got hurt early in his stint with the Angels when I was there and never really was a factor, a serious factor after that. But um, we had a on-the-field brawl, I remember, like a couple of days before the firing of the manager, had an on-the-field brawl in Cleveland, and Mo Vaughn never came out of the clubhouse uh, to support his teammates on the field. He never emerged. He he just stayed back in there. And the feeling was that the manager, among other things, there were other things, we weren't winning games either, but among other things was the manager, the feeling among, I think, the other players was that the manager was playing favorites and letting Mo Vaughn not be a part of the team, per se. And there was probably a lot more connected to that than just that one issue. But anyway, the, the atmosphere in the clubhouse was not good. As it turned out, they hired the bench coach to replace Terry Collins, and his name was Joe Madden, who, of course, is now the manager of the Cubs. And uh, Joe was just a, he's just a great guy. In fact, if you didn't know Joe was a manager, you if you just met him, you'd have no idea. He knows so many other things. He knows plays. He knows Shakespeare. He knows music. He's a big Penn State football fan. I mean, he's just an average Joe, so to speak, that you meet every day. And his personality, what you see on TV with uh, the Cubs, is who he is. But he was our manager. And just the whole atmosphere in the clubhouse, we were out of the race by then, but the whole atmosphere in the clubhouse just became more relaxed. It just felt a lot better. And uh, so I, we'll see what happens with the Cardinals. If that carries over, they did it right before the All-Star break. You know, I think the Cubs are a better team. I think the Brewers are a better team. But uh, maybe that will give them a lift. And we'll see what happens. All right, got some text in here while I was talking baseball. Uh, text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. I would vote for Barry Sanders before Bernie Sanders. Because <laughs> I made the slip, I referred to Barry Sanders, the running back, instead of Bernie. Uh, if Russia hacked into our electrical grid and shut elect people's electricity off, uh, is there more to that or is that it? Oh, Okay. And uh, also, text line, it says, you can say socialism when it comes to Democrats. It's okay. <laughs> so that's uh, all in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Got a list of uh, public universities and what they pay their presidents. Some of the numbers might surprise you a little bit. Maybe they won't surprise you. 1017 here at DWS. A dozen public university presidents have Total compensation packages exceeding $1 million, reflecting continued growth in executive compensation as the nation's colleges, uh, at the nation's colleges, a new report says. Julie Worth writes about this this morning online and in the uh, News Gazette. President James Ramsey at the University of Louisville, and I'll have to look into this. I don't know why his salary was so high. Uh, he was eventually let go, had to resign here a year or so ago. But he was making, with everything combined, and this is base salary, bonuses, severance packages, and other payments, he was making $4.3 million as the president at Louisville. He was number one. Number two was the president at Auburn, and he was only at $1.8 million. He was number two. So I don't know what the, um, the deal was with the president at Louisville, why he was making so much more than anybody else. But he was at four point two. President at Auburn was at 1.8. 
president of the University of Texas system, was at $1.5 million. Temple University president was fourth. The Texas A&M University president system was fifth at 1.2. University of Central Florida president at 1.2. University of South Florida was number seven. Douglas Baker, the president at Northern Illinois University, was number eight, 1.1 million. That's with everything, base salary, bonuses, so forth. The University of Florida president was ninth, and the Ohio State University president was 10th, just under $1.1 million with his uh, salary. As far as the uh, University of Illinois, I think uh, the president, Tim Colleen, came in at number 40, total package of about $712,000. Base pay of 600000 Chancellor Robert Jones made the list twice. Uh, number 79 for his partial pay from the U of I in 2016 and 17, And number 234 for the 152000 he earned at the University of Albany before taking the U of I job in September of uh, 2016. That put him at number 38. But his full year salary would put him at number 47. So those numbers all available in the uh, News Gazette if you'd like to Check that out. Both men, uh, Chancellor Jones and President Colleen, above the average of around 560000 but well below the $1 million threshold. Twelve executives on the $1 million list, up from eight on the previous list. 1020 here at DWS. We will take a break. We'll come back with more. Your phone calls, emails, and texts. Keep them coming here as we have open line time today on this Monday. Jim Dye will join me tomorrow in the second hour, as he usually does every two to three weeks. And we were going to have uh, Judge Steigman on Wednesday, had him all lined up, but he needed to reschedule. We've got him later in the month. And we'll broadcast live from Chicago, Big Ten Media Day, a week from tomorrow. We'll be up there to do the show from there. We'll continue with more today, though, after this on Penny. Hi, it's Scott Beatty. Join us later today for the News Hour, presented by ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. We'll have the latest in local news, sports, weather, and more, 4 o'clock this afternoon on DWS. Hey, if you've ever been in an accident, here's a couple of examples. A, not a serious one, but I've told you this before. I backed out of the garage, took off my mirror on the driver's side, okay? Took it to Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair for that. I also had an accident several years ago. I was leaving town on vacation. It was an accident right near Kraft there on Bradley and Mattis. And I think it was on uh, north of the intersection. And I was trying to turn right. I instead went left, went, tried to go through Parkland to avoid the accident, came back around, went on Bradley, and then went through the intersection of Mattis and did some rubbernecking and glanced over to see what was going on with the accident. The car, two cars in front of me stopped to turn into the gas station at the corner of Bradley and Mattis, and I wasn't paying any attention, and the car ahead of me rammed into the back of the car that had stopped to turn left, and I hit the back car, but it was my fault. I wasn't paying attention. I mean, the policeman was a friend of mine. He came over and said, uh, sorry, Brian, but you're at fault. You weren't paying attention. I, said, I know. But things like that happen, okay? You get in an accident. What are you going to do? Well, Gallo Miller is the place to contact. Dave Miller and Bill Gallo are very passionate. They've been in this a long time. They can take a lot of the um, anxiety out of this. I mean, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just turn right? Why did I go left and come back around and rubberneck? I mean, what am I doing? 
all of that stuff. They can they can help you relax because you turn the keys over to them, and they take it from there. So Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. They work with all insurance company. Make sure your vehicles return to the uh, manufacturer and safety specifications. They're located on the south side of I-74 between the Neal Street and Prospect exits. Visit gallomiller.com. Free estimates always offered at Gallo Miller. The place to go for that. Keep that on mind if you ever get in an accident. They hope you do not need them, but if you do, Gallo Miller. Think about that. Uh, Kim in Urbana. Good morning, Kim. All right, all right, Brian. I'm gonna, I'm, I've got a grief about why the hell are we playing another football game in, in Soldier Field? Because South Florida should be played here. I'm tired of getting up, going up there, and getting our ass beat. We need to play these games at home where we have a home field advantage. We have. Ne- When's the last time we won up there? We've never won up there. The only time we won was when we went one way, and that was at Wrigley Field. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Northwestern. We've lost every game we played up there. We've lost every game we played against Missouri down there. So it's really not worth it. Well, I think it's the last year of this particular contract. I think it's the last time we'll do it. But um, I think Josh Josh Whitman wants a presence up there, but he also understands, you know, the importance of keeping the games here too. Yeah. You know, the only presence we should have is playing at the United Center when we used to play at uh, the stadium against Notre Dame. Don't you remember? You, you, were, you weren't even around, but in the late 60s, Alana had a great team with Greg Jackson and Mike Price, and and, and they ended up winning some of those games with Harvey Schmidt. But, yeah, you know, was... we, need to play, we need to play a real rivalry, not somebody like we, who we don't know, but – I'm I'm just aggravated because I really think South Florida should be played in Champaign, yeah. and, and and to have a have a footprint in Chicago, you know what? So what? Let's have these kids come down where we really play our games. That that's my grief. I'm just I want you to bring that up at media day. Is this <laughs> the last time we're going to do this? Because yeah. we're just giving a game away in Chicago that really means nothing to anybody down here. They well, don't care about us, so why should we care about them? Well, I'll ask that. that. That's, that's my point. I'm just mad about it. All right. Well, we'll thanks. see what happens in the future. Thanks, Kim. Okay, thanks. Yep. Good to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven. Got a text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. The Cardinals should hire Willie McGee. How about Jose Akendo? Of course, Jose, I think, had some uh, health issues. Kept him off the uh, third base uh, box area there for a while. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the Cardinals do. I think it's the first time, was it since 95, they fired a manager in midseason. It's been a while. Back to the phones here at 1028. Stan, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Hey. hey. Here I am right up close to the half hour. Um, okay. Anyway, I, for the life of me, after a uh, – person running for office in this country literally colludes with a foreign government um, and does it in public, I don't see how anybody could believe that he's not colluding with the Russians still. The indictments on uh, Friday, Mm -hmm. 12 GRU members uh, from the active Russian uh, GRU organizations started hacking into uh, DNC emails within three or four hours of Trump telling them to. 
find the emails, go get them, yada, yada, yada. Three or four hours later, they're neck deep in, uh, in uh, DNC emails. That's, that's collusion. That's asking a foreign government to help your campaign against an adversary in the United States. And although there's no technical law against collusion, you have to be pretty much brain dead not to see the connection. Well, so you say you you think he wasn't joking when he said that? Not in the light, not in the least. Uh, okay. He wanted help. He got help. He sent his uh, son Junior to to try to uh, get help. Uh, I mean, how many things does he have to do that are obvious, overt actions before the uh, people who are his? Uh, um, uh, Believers, let's just call them believers, um, because it is a religion, uh, before his believers can see the truth. Is it possible for them to see the truth? I don't think so. I think they're that deep in, in disbelief that they can't see reality. So who should uh, run for the Democrats in two years? Um. Well, I don't know right now. Um, uh, there's, we have a uh, congressional election that is coming up in November. Right. That is way more important than speculating about a presidential ele- election in uh, two and a half years. But of course, the conservative media would like to talk about a two and a half year away election rather than talk about what's happening in in uh, a few months here in the in the congressional elections because that distracts. That's what uh, corporate media does. It distracts from what's happening today with hypotheticals and, and all sorts of other stuff. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Stan. I do have to go to the news, uh-huh. but thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah. it. 1031. Michael Kaiser is here with news headlines. We'll hear a little bit from Kevin Anderson here in the next few minutes. thought he had a pretty gracious interview after his loss yesterday in the Wimbledon final, but still a tremendous run. And who should be the Cardinal manager? You can text that in if you'd like. If you're a big Cardinal fan, who should they get? Joe Girardi? Go after Joe Madden? <laughs> Michael Kaiser, you're a Cardinal fan. I, I, I'm I, a Cardinals fan, but uh, I, I'm i not in the Joe Girardi camp right now. Okay. I, uh, I just, I've read over the weekend that some people uh, call him a, a smarter Mike Matheny. And some of Matheny's issues were player relations, especially with the younger players. So if if they're similar in that they're old school catchers, I don't know if you want to go down the same road. Even though Joe Girardi managed for 10 years in New York, I don't know if you want to go down the same road again in terms of old school catcher. But uh, Mm -hmm. sure, I'll take Joe Madden from the Cubs. That's never going to happen. Just (laughs) because I I think he's a fun guy. Uh, You you know him, actually. Yeah, I know him, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So, you know. What you see is who he is. Yeah. You've actually been around him and spent time with him and talked to him. So so you know what kind of person that he is. And uh, he's entertaining. He says funny things. Some of his T-shirts that he makes are funny. Uh, And I'm trying to think if there's any um, recent Cardinals who would be good managers, you know, that are out there that are either – I mean, they have La Russa for so long. Oh, I know. Matheny for six years, six-plus. 
I'm trying to think who's out there that's a former Cardinal that's even a manager elsewhere or around in the minor leagues that would be uh, good. Uh, I think that the name that I saw thrown around over the weekend and, and will not happen is uh, Mark McGuire, who has been coaching oh. for some time in the majors. Uh, was a hitting coach for the Cardinals, I think, started in 2010. Yep. Uh, I, I just don't envision that happening. Uh, he's well-respected in the game now because he was open about some of his mistakes with the performance-enhancing mm-hmm. things and – uh, but I, I don't see that being the decision. I'm, I, I forgot another former player that was mentioned. Someone jokingly mentioned Jim Edmonds. I don't think he's coming out of the booth. Or no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's, he's interested. He's got it too good there. Yeah. Uh, people, Cardinal fans love Jose Akendo. I, I don't see that happening either. Mm. The the secret weapon. Yeah. So uh, Somebody mentioned Willie McGee. Yeah, he's just now really getting involved. Uh, I think he's he's been coming to spring training a while, but now he's just on the staff for the first time, like on the Major League staff in season. So I – I don't, I don't, I don't know about that one either. But uh, it'll be interesting because they have to, when they hired Mike Matheny, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here, yeah. but um, they t- were guessing with him, thinking like, you know, we we know him to be this guy, and we think he can learn on the job, and yeah. and because it was were leadership qualities when he was a player, right. and those things didn't pan out. So yeah. I I think they're going to take a, a get a proven guy this time. Right. I, I think they have to as a fan. That's how I feel. But John Mozeliak and Michael Gersh and Bill Dewitt are not calling me. So they're not asking me. Well, text me uh, some names if you want to throw them out there. If you're a Cardinal fan, maybe you're at the All Star break and you say, "I'll think about it later." But uh, you got somebody you want to throw in there? Feel free. Let's go to the news. A penny for your thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWF. Back on Penny for your thoughts on this Monday. A lot of good discussion today. Appreciate all of that via the uh, text line, email, talk at WDWS.com. Or you can call us, 356-9397. Swanson Roofing, one of our sponsors. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog. You've seen him around town. You see their trucks, uh, vans all around town at various times. Corey Swanson's a hands-on owner, meaning he works on almost every job with the crew. Roofing Dog is truly family-owned business, 100% owned and operated by Corey Swanson and his wife, Melissa. And uh, sometimes, you know, you hear stories about people subcontracting out the work. Well, I won't be there, but I've got good guys here. No, they do not subcontract out any work. Roofing Dog crew comprised of roofing professionals uh, certified in roof installation. All of the crew or company employees receive all the benefits, full benefits, 401Ks. So they're incentivized. They do a great job for you and for Corey and Melissa. They'll help you with small repairs. Maybe you've got a little bit of a uh, dent uh, in your roof and you don't know what to do with it. Leak, water's coming in, but maybe it's not the uh, whole roof that you need to replace. Well, they can come out and do that too. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, provides services in Champaign, Ford, Vermilion, and McLean uh, counties. Champaign, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties are the counties listed, he says. Even if they do not, did you... Uh, Involved in building or uh, putting on your roof, they're happy to come out and fix any problems. So make sure you take care of them and get a free estimate, no matter what the uh, size of the damage to your roof or whether how uh, old your roof is, or maybe it's a year or two away. They'll tell you that too. 217-355-ROOF for a free estimate. 217-355-7663 or visit Swanson Roofing online at theroofingdog.com. All right, let's see here. Uh, 3569397-1041. JB says, seems like Penny's turned into an ad machine. Are you up to 30 minutes per hour yet? (laughs) 
uh, JVS. All right, text uh, here says the Cardinals should hire Willie McGee as the new manager. He knows baseball and bring in Mark McGuire as the hitting instructor. Bob Gibson as the pitching coach. How about that? And special advisor to the team, bring in Terry Pendleton and Joe Girardi. Terry Pendleton's a guy that's been around uh, coaching at various places. I think he was, was in Atlanta at last check. Text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. How can the NFL build walls around stadiums to keep fans out that don't have tickets? I'll have to Google that one. I, I haven't heard about anything like that. They say it's inhuman. And uh, Tom writes in on the text line. He says the uh, Democratic Party was one of the great parties of America, but it's been hijacked by left-wing radical socialists. And uh, Tom goes on to say, I hope they have heavy security at the Champaign County Fair starting later this week because of the violent gangs that have moved into east-central Illinois, many downstate communities as well. All that on the text line from Tom. And a text that says, bring in Ozzie Smith to the front office for the Cardinals. Well, Ozzie does a lot of these of what the Cardinal Insider show that he does on TV. So those are all good ones. Uh, Terry Pendleton's the name. I was trying to think there was a guy out there who's been involved in coaching for a while, former Cardinal. Uh, he might be good, but we'll see which way they go. Got the all-star break right now to try to sort through things a little bit. All right, uh, let's uh, get to our Kevin Anderson uh, story. Kevin Anderson, of course, made it to the final at Wimbledon, the former uh, line He's the first South African since Brian Norton, I think in 1921, to advance to a Wimbledon final. Former Illini has now reached two Grand Slam finals, became the second South African again to reach multiple Grand Slam finals. And he's the first college player since 1996 when the Michigan Wolverine Mal Washington made a Wimbledon final. And after the Wimbledon runner-up finish, he will climb to a career-best number five in the ATP rankings. And, of course, competed in the first, uh, the longest match there at uh, that level that six-hour match, uh, I think uh, John Isner had been involved in, what, an 11-hour match earlier in the tournament uh, seven, eight years ago. And Anderson hit 182 aces during his seven-match run at Wimbledon. And he commented, he was interviewed, they always have the post-match interview, and this goes about two minutes plus, and just uh, very gracious, Kevin Anderson, former Illini, the runner-up at Wimbledon. was asked about his uh, being fatigued at the beginning of the interview. And then also he thanked a lot of people as well. Do we have that called up here, Blake? He's getting it. Okay. Uh, see if we check the text line here real quick. 3515357. Uh, nothing new there since Ozzie Smith. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. A couple of other notes. The semifinal win was his 300th tour-level victory of his career and got his first-ever victory against Roger Federer along the way. And uh, Isner, of course, in that uh, semifinal match, Isner's from Georgia. Anderson and Isner participated in the first Grand Slam and Wimbledon semifinal between two college players since uh, Michigan's Mal Washington defeated Northwestern Wildcat Todd Martin back in 1996. Take a quick break. We'll come back and get that called up. Back in a moment here on Penny. 
Hi, this is Jim Bohannon. Join us for the next Bohannon Show with the top stories of the day, some fun stuff from sports or entertainment, you name it, right here. Tonight at 9 on DWS. All right, Facer Law Office reminds you to attend their free seminar, Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules and much more. Wednesday, July 18th in a couple of days at 1.30 at the iHotel, 337-1111 is the number to call. And you can check out as well the book co-authored by elder law attorney Thorpe Facer, Protect Your Family, Don't Write a Blank Check to the Nursing Home. All right, I think... We have Kevin Anderson ready to go. His interview, post-match, talking about maybe being a little fatigued after the uh, long, long matches the previous two. But here's that conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not feeling as fresh now as I was uh, coming into the week. But, uh, you know, this is such an amazing tournament for all of us players. And we dedicate our whole lives to trying to fight for a spot to be on this court. And... Uh, over the last while, there's only been a very few individuals who have made it out here. So, you know, that's what it had to take for me to get here. I would have given another 21 hours to have the opportunity to play out here. So, um, you know, it really meant a lot to me. Thank you. And I'm sure you'd like to thank your team, your coach, but probably mostly your physio. Yeah, um, you know, there's just too many people to thank, of course, to my whole team. Um, there were so many people who flew out from all around the world. Uh, your support means the world to me. And, you know, just quickly, I'd really want to, you know, thank my family, um, to my beautiful wife who's up there. Um, uh, my, mom is, my mom is right next to, right next to her. Uh, my brother is somewhere in the stands. He doesn't like sitting in the box. <laughs> And uh, you know, a very special person to my dad back home who you know, coached me you know, for 20 years and you know, introduced me to the game and you know, gave me opportunities to play here. So you know, thank you very much. Um, I know, guys, this, uh, you know, we worked really hard to get here. Um, you know, I've, I'm very confident we can uh, hopefully give myself another opportunity. I just want to quickly thank, obviously, the crowd. I mean, the support I've had throughout the whole week has been incredible. Just one more And just, uh, and just very lastly, uh, you know, just also want to thank all the amazing support I've had from back home. Um, you know, South Africa's had a long history of tennis. We've not so great the last sort of few years, but I know there's a ton of great tennis players, and um, you know, the support I've had throughout has been amazing. And the flags flying here, thank you so much. And uh, you know, hopefully in 20 years, somebody might be standing here with that trophy, saying they saw me playing here, and uh, I was a sort of inspiration for them to get there. So thank you very much. Well done. Congratulations! What a tournament he's had, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Anderson. So Kevin Anderson got a nice reception from the uh, crowd there at Center Court at Wimbledon. By the way, he mentioned his uh, wife, uh, Kelsey O'Neill. He met at Illinois in 2008. She grew up in Glenview, attended Glenbrook South High School, went on to play golf at Illinois. She was a tri-captain her senior year. She's now Kevin Anderson's manager, and they live in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. Married uh, Kelsey in 2011. So uh, Kevin Anderson, what a story he's been. Former Illini had a terrific run. At Wimbledon, finishing runner-up. Uh, let's go to Brian in Urbana. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. I O L L. I and I. That was cool, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Boy, I don't. 
that's that's a lot of tennis in uh, the couple days he played there, boy. I'm sure he was gassed. Oh, I'm sure he was. Looked like his elbow was bothering him a little bit too yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'd like to weigh in on the uh, Cardinal manager job. Yeah, you want it? Uh, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. I'll take the money though. Oh sure. Yeah, we'd all do that. Yeah. yeah. How about Yadier Molina as a player manager? Ooh. Yeah, somebody mentioned that. I heard somebody talk about that uh, yesterday. I think Jim Edmonds was talking about that. Would he have the personality? He's got the leadership. There's no doubt they all revere him on the team pretty much. So. Oh, yeah, he's the boss. Yeah. You know, um, you know, he's got, what, three or four years left to play, maybe. Yeah, I forgot and, what his last contract was. Uh, not real long, but yeah. And he could just slide in, uh, you know. He's the uh, the catcher they got in reserve there, you know, uh, into the job as his replacement. And, uh, you know, stay a cardinal for the unforeseen future, you know. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. There would probably be some people that would be okay with that. You know, Lou Boudreau did it mm-hmm. for the Indians and uh, – Frank Robinson did it with the Indians, and I think Pete Rose did it too, didn't he? Yes, he did. When he, yeah, that's that's when, when he that's when he got in trouble too, I think. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work out too well, was, but I, was, I don't think <laughs> he was betting on his betting on his team, I think, or against his team. So. Yeah, I don't think Yadier would do that, but no. uh, people love uh, Yadier in St. Louis, and they'll probably have a statue outside the stadium of him one of these days. I would think so. All right, yeah. I like it, Brian. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep, 10.54. Uh, by the way, Julie Worth uh, let me know. She did the column, and you can check it out again online about the university presidents. The reason the – and I knew there was a good reason uh, why the Louisville president was so high, uh, what the explanation might be. She said they got a big severance package. That's part of it, uh, $4.2 million. And uh, also the uh, Northern Illinois University, there was also some extra compensation in there too. So, anyway, that uh, – you can read that, check that online. We talked about that a little bit earlier. All right, we're at 10.55, another break, and then start to wrap it up for today. Had some good open line conversation, a lot of topics. Back after this. Hi, it's Scott Beatty. Join us later today for the News Hour, presented by ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. We'll have the latest in local news, sports, weather, and more, 4 o'clock this afternoon on DWS. 10.58 here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Back tomorrow at 9 o'clock with more uh, open line time. And then also uh, Jim Dive will join me in hour number two. We have him on every two to three weeks. Have him visit with us, of course, the opinions uh, editor and uh, writes columns and so forth. You see his work all the time in the uh, News Gazette. We were going to have Bob Steigman on Wednesday. He needed to reschedule for later in the month, so we'll have him on towards the end of the month. We'll be in Chicago on Tuesday of next week couple of things left over here from earlier. Uh, The opportunity on the Democratic side, we were talking about Democratic candidates in 2020, the opportunity for somebody to emerge and catch a wave hasn't been this high since 1976, says Anita Dunn, a veteran uh, Democratic strategist. And also there's no obvious political phenom like former President Barack Obama or an established-backed juggernaut in the mold of Hillary Clinton. And it says, unlike the last few Democratic primaries, the unsettled race evokes the sprawling nomination fights of earlier decades, lacking a dominant figure. So anyway, that's a little bit left over from the New York Times. You can check out that article at some point if you'd like.
on 2020, or maybe you don't even want to think about 2020, but it's there. And uh, Ricky Fowler, don't know if you saw this, the uh, Scottish Open had a drive that went 458 yards. Now, he did get some bounce, got a big roll. The baked-out conditions at the uh, Scottish Open was uh, like it landed on concrete, but still 458 yards on a drive. I'm trying to get to 158. Forget 458. All right, thanks for being with us on Penny for Your Thoughts today. Thanks for all the great conversation. Back tomorrow at 9. More from CBS News on the Trump and Putin Summit. Glad you're with us on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's 11 o'clock.